Welcome to the Field Talk Podcast from the Linder Farm Network. I'm your host, Dan Lemke. Minnesota is the nation's third leading soybean producing state behind only Iowa and Illinois. Soybean production in Minnesota reaches from the Iowa border all the way to Canada, something that decades ago would have seemed highly unlikely. But thanks to research and the development of varieties bred for northern climates, production has shifted beyond what was once considered soybean country. Much of the soybean industry's development has taken place because of farmer investments through the soybean checkoff. Minnesota Soybean Research and Promotion Council is a board of farmers who oversee those investments. Chris Folland is one of 15 council directors charged with directing where checkoff dollars are spent. So my wife and I, and we have four young kids, we uh, farm up by Helma, Minnesota, Kitson County, the very northwest county of Minnesota. And uh, as you can believe, soybeans are growing all the way to the Canadian border and even into Canada. Uh, so we grow soybeans, wheat and corn, um, also have beef cattle. Um, so kind of a nice diversified but uh, relatively simple operation and uh, I've been on the Minnesota Soybean Research and Promotion Council for I think it's over six years now and uh, I've always enjoyed research, uh, went to college for agronomy and also I work with uh, seed production and, and, and agronomy also uh, off the farm. Um, so uh, very involved in agriculture and enjoy farming, done it my whole life, um, started borrowing money when I was young which is when you really know you're farming and like I said, got to thank my wife and kids. And uh, we have a good life up there, up on the 49th parallel. So how did you get involved in the council in the first place? Yeah, so it was actually, I tell you what, it was Teresa Gilly. Um, she was actually past president of the Minnesota Soybean Growers Association. I was always a little more on the research and agronomy side. Uh, she encouraged it, and I guess I ran for the position. We have competition for these positions. Um, you know, everybody basically donates their time. Um, however, it's uh, it's something I've, I've really enjoyed, and everyone on the council obviously really enjoys or they wouldn't do it. And I just kind of wanted to get involved, and I was always interested in the checkoff. Um, that is a, uh, a mandated checkoff, and so you want to know how your money's spent and be involved. And uh, like I said, uh, Teresa Gilly encouraged me, and the rest is history. And like I said, been here on uh, over two terms now, and I've really enjoyed it. And uh, I've also felt like as a council, it's a team effort between the staff and the council. I feel like we have done a good job and made good decisions and made a difference for soybean production for farmers. Now, one of the teams that you're on is uh, the production research. And uh, so you take a look at projects that research judges are bringing forward or that you've asked to bring forward. Tell me a little bit about the process that you guys go through to review some of those proposals and, and the decisions that you have to make to to perhaps fund or not fund. Uh, what goes into that? Yep. So the uh, we call it an action team. And I tell you what, it is a team effort. And uh, so our, uh, our research and production action team um, we have uh, six soybean growers scattered across the state, and that can change over time as people you know, change things or decide to get involved in something else. And we also have staff that helps us out a lot. And I call the team effort between the researchers, which could be university researchers, private industry, and even we've had independent agronomists um, submit requests for funding. And along with our uh, Minnesota soybean staff, and like I said, the six farmers that make up this action team, um, and so what we do is we, uh, it's kind of a year long process and, uh, we do funding on an annual basis based on the budget and the budget is based on the soybean growers checkoff dollars that they pay every time they sell soybeans. So generally, um, we have a request for proposals so we can only fund what people ask to fund. 
And uh, so that's kind of interesting, too, is sometimes people say, well, why aren't you researching this? Well, we can encourage people, but somebody actually has to do the research. And obviously, um, for example, the University of Minnesota researchers are kind of some of the primary ones, but we've worked with researchers from other states, like I said, also private industry. They, uh, they, submit, um, they sum- submit requests for funding. We have uh, certain dates that we meet by. And, of course, now into the winter season, um, after they've re- after they've uh, submitted their requests, we review them, um, just uh, looking at them over um, the computer, basically review the hard document, and then we have a meeting and we kind of call it, do what we call the uh, the call or cut or keeper discussion process, which leads us to our meeting, which is actually tomorrow, where we evaluate all the projects. We meet with most of the researchers in person, which has been a tremendous learning session and listening session and also a chance for us to give feedback also. So the researchers discuss their projects that we want to hear more about. And sometimes it's a review of last year's. It's a, it's a discussion of the upcoming project that they want to fund. And then we go through the process of deciding how to spend our budget. Like I said, our budget changes each year with the price and the production of soybeans. But generally, um, we have a pretty good budget, you know, over a million dollars, which is a significant amount of money. And uh, we fund anywhere from, you know, kind of 15 to 25 projects. So as we discuss those in person, we go through and it's basically what's the most pressing for the year, but also keeping an eye on the future. Um, And I'll give one quick example. Um, We may have a a year of bad soybean aphids. And uh, we've had uh, soybean um, aphids that have resistance to certain, uh, certain pesticides. That's an immediate problem. And now an upcoming problem may be soybean gall midge. Well, it's not spread across the whole state, but that's something we have to keep an eye on. So we look at ways to keep it balanced and evaluate the projects and decide what's most important now, but also keep an eye on the future. Now, obviously, there's plenty of seed companies and and agronomy companies that do their own work, a lot of research there. What's the benefit of of soybean farmers such as yourself uh, funding research at universities and elsewhere? Yeah, we we absolutely encourage the partnership between farmers, private industry, and also basically the university researchers, the independent researchers. And I'd say, you know, the benefit for this work is that we're able to keep an eye and a pulse on what's going on. And uh, private industry, they do have other things to look at, other things to answer for. And we, we love having private industry. As you know, a lot of the soybeans grown are private company soybeans and so on. So we uh, work closely with them. But it's just a way to kind of maybe keep our eyes on the entire picture, um, maybe be more independent and so on. And of course, since we are, uh, we call ourselves an action team, but since we're a team made up of farmers, uh, we make the decisions based on the behalf of the farmers and what's best for the farmers. So I consider private industry a strong partner, but also we can keep our eye on the whole prize. And uh, like I said, address things that may be immediate or even upcoming. And now in this case, we're talking about research, but there's other action teams that you have for marketing, things like that, that you also maybe aren't as uh, you know intimately involved with, but in the end, you still have a say on, in how those projects get funded. Tell me a little bit about some of the other areas that the council works in yep so the council we are absolutely in charge of all areas of uh of how we spend the checkoff of course half the checkoff goes to the usb united soybean board and the other half stays in minnesota um like all the other states involved and our other uh areas that we uh that we work on is uh promotion which could be markets both domestically international new uses production research and also we have a blanket under communication which may be communication could be anywhere anything from uh 
working with our research projects, getting that back to the farmer. That's where it's really most valuable. And we do that through assortment of meetings and so on. But communication can also be explaining the difference or the value of our soybeans grown in Minnesota, whether it's for domestic markets or uh, for overseas. And of course, there's many different uses for soybeans. Um, primary uses as livestock feed, but all these other uses add value, whether we're talking biodiesel, um, manufacturing. Um, if there's anything we can use with the soybean that adds value, that's what we uh, spend time researching um, and, and educating and, like I said, communicating too. I had a former colleague who used to say the only thing that's not made out of soybeans anymore is corn, which I always thought was kind of an interesting <laughs> an interesting comment because, yeah, as you mentioned, you can find soybeans just about everywhere. And and speaking of that, you can see them everywhere. It's also the, the growth of the industry and the expansion of the production areas, which you yourself uh, you know addressed a little bit earlier. I guess seeing how soybean production is spread, what role would you say that Chekhov has played in helping to to expand uh, you know that production area to making it a, a hopefully a profitable crop for areas of the state and of the country that at, at you know one point was not necessarily considered traditional soybean country? Yeah, and I think if we look back through the history again, I'll, I'll say private industry as a partner, but also a lot of the independent research and and almost we can almost call it goodness of our heart research. There was somebody who first decided we want to breed soybeans for early maturity so we can move them north. Somebody had to make that decision. And I feel like the checkoff and the soybean growers in Minnesota played a big part in that. You know, when soybeans were, you know, $10 back in 1970-whatever and then 2000 and, and uh, I think like around the year 2000, there was a time soybeans got in the teens. And people said, you know what? We want to grow these up north. Somebody had to make the decision that we're going to work on breeding early maturity soybeans. And whether the reason truly was for research or maybe it was a business decision by a private company, that was a good decision to make. And, uh, you know, one thing that we do with the checkoff is we also help fund collaborative research with the North Central Soybean Research Program. Almost all the research regarding boots on the ground, um, soybean production, in northern Minnesota has come from the North Central Soybean Research Program, and we help fund that every year. And that's a collaborative effort maybe um, between numerous states. And for an example, that could be a partnership of a University of Minnesota, North Coast State University researchers working on a collaborative program. And that's where a lot of this has come from. So how did we decide to plant soybeans up north? Well, we need early maturity soybeans. When do we plant them? June 1st, May 15th, May 1st. Somebody had to do that research and fund that research. And uh, so, and that just leads into everything, whether it's from pest management for soybeans. When we first saw soybean aphids, obviously that took communication from various researchers. What works? What are the guys using in southern Minnesota? You know, we didn't have soybean aphids up north, even though, you know, they generally blow in, is how we say it. There is some overwintering. We didn't have them for like 10 years of soybean production. And then one year we had a flare-up. And uh, we thought, oh, this is an interesting, interesting pest. What do we do? Well, the research had already been done. So that's just examples of, of how research helps move a crop um, further north. And, of course, Polk County, Minnesota, it is a big county, but it's one of the most northwest counties in Minnesota. Uh, actually has the most soybean acres of any county in the state of Minnesota. Um, you look at Cass County in North Dakota, I think, is one of the top producing, if not the top producing soybean county, um, at least for acres in the entire nation. Did you ever think we would have ethanol plants for corn production in Castleton, North Dakota, Richardson, North Dakota? So it took somebody with some vision, whether it was a goodness of their heart, like I've said, or as a private industry, or maybe as private investment, and also took researchers who had the vision to move it up north and farm 
farmers like myself and uh, the tens of thousands of farmers across, across Minnesota have, have benefited from that. And like for our farm, like I said, we're on the 49th parallel um, within, uh, you know, less than 20 miles from Canadian border. Soybeans have been our number one crop for over 10 years. And, uh, you know, both profitability, good for soil health, you know, they put nitrogen back in the soil. And also with, uh, with herbicide programs, really have done a good job of, uh, of kind of taking what we may call marginal farmland and growing a very highly valuable, high protein, high oil, high energy, and uh, even on the food grade side, a, a nutritious crop. So that's really neat how soybeans have advanced. And like I said, our, our farm at home, my wife and I, we're living proof of what research and the advancement of soybeans can do in, in Minnesota. And like for us, a very rural area in the very northwest corner. Well, it's obvious, you know, your your commitment and your passion for the industry. Is that something that you think, you know, other directors carry as well that can give, you know, check off paying farmers confidence that you guys are, you know, taking your responsibility for investing those dollars very seriously and, and trying to do uh, to maximize that investment to help the, the greatest number of farmers out there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this uh, this is basically a volunteer position. Uh, we barely cover even our basic traveling costs, and everyone truly has um, has the soybean growers in Minnesota best interest at heart. And uh, we wouldn't be here if if it wasn't for that reason. I mean, and we enjoy it. Um, you, you know, use the word passion. Everybody on the council is very passionate about soybeans and agriculture. And I'll, I guess one thing I'll say is what I'm amazed at is we all come from all corners of the state and through the center of the state. And we all have the same issues, same problems. But then to give the council and the people who volunteer credit, everyone is also involved in many other organizations, whether it's national organizations, local fire department, local county soybean boards, 4-H clubs, and so on. I mean, so we have really attracted um, a, a tremendous group of people. And even as it has changed, it seems like when somebody – retires or moves on the next person that comes on is is as good as the last and uh we've really got to give the council credit um for donating their time and energy um in into the betterment of soybeans and then as far as if fellow farmers want to know more about what you're uh, involved in or you know have some input to, you know what's what's their approach what's the best way that they should move forward yep so uh you know, the council's made up um, from across the whole state. So obviously all the council members, it's very public information who we are. And uh, like myself, I'm very involved in industry, um, participate in numerous meetings, along with the Minnesota Soybean staff. You know, we're at Prairie Grains, the best of the best meetings, the small grains update meetings. And we actually hold listening sessions um, sim- um, specifically for the uh, the research action team. We have listening sessions, invite maybe six, seven, eight farmers and uh, we invite them in to talk about what their issues are. You know, whether we're talking about something like soybean aphids or we're talking about fertility. I mean, there's one project we funded that I'm very excited about. It's, uh, it's turned into a long-term project about P and K fertility on soybeans. And this project actually originated in Roseau County, which is tied with our northernmost counties right up on the Canadian border. And just looking at the relationship of, of P and K fertility, how it affects yield in a multi-crop rotation. And as we often know, you know, you always hear corn is king. And when it comes to fertilizer, corn is king. Now, soybeans, a unique crop that can fixate nitrogen and have, uh, you know, still have a moderate uh, P and K requirement. Uh, we're often fertilizing soybeans a year ahead of time just because the inversion of uh, phosphorus and potassium and how the, plant, how the nutrients react to the soil and the plant. And uh, what's so neat about that project is it's turned into a long-term project that, that 
that is beneficial across the entire state. And like I said, that originated up in very northern Minnesota and Rosa County at the University of Minnesota Research Center up there. So that's something we're watching very closely. And, you know, that's kind of an example of that. So obviously the the overall investment of checkoff funds, uh, you know, something that you guys take seriously, a, a lot of interest in, in what you're doing, but it's also something that has yielded some, some, some very good results and it is impartial information for farmers to, you know, potentially take home and use in their own operations. Yeah. And I'd say that's a very good, I mean, we've given many examples even here uh, on this program. And, uh, you know, the other thing, too, is we're always looking at innovation. So, for example, uh, there's a Sporecaster app on your phone that uh, it's, I believe it originated at the University of Wisconsin. And we actually helped fund that project. And, you know, even though it's not a state project, it actually works very well in Minnesota to forecast white mold. And white mold has actually been, in some areas of Minnesota, a very big concern. Now, up north, we've had less white mold, but you get areas in south-central Minnesota, they've really struggled with white mold. Well, here we've uh, helped fund a Sporecaster app that was developed, and uh, that's been very useful for farmers. So, you know, it's a wide range of things and research projects that can affect people. Like I said, it might be something as simple as planting date row spacing to a Sporecaster app, or like as I mentioned earlier, you know, soybean gall midge and upcoming issues and pests. So, it, it, you know, it's things that benefit everybody throughout the state of Minnesota. And we've even often said, like, you know, I told you earlier, we can only fund what people request. And we hope we're filling in some of the gaps. So while we'll be funding big things like University of Minnesota Soybean Research to something like an app on your phone, um, we hope we fill in the gaps for some other areas, whether it's university or private industry or somebody just hasn't thought of or spent a lot of time researching. And even cover crops are an example. Um, we have a project we're looking at now on cover crops. We've spent and, and, and uh, check off dollars on cover crop research, but uh, we have one researcher that thinks there's a little gap in the area that may be beneficial. Well, then we'll look at cover crops, which may, um, may benefit soybean farmers in many ways, not just on yield, but agronomics, let alone things in the future, such as you know soil conservation, different programs, whatever. So we hope we're plugging in, filling in the gaps where it's needed, and also funding the big things, like I mentioned earlier also. To learn more about the Soybean Checkoff, visit mnsoybean.org. Thanks for joining us for this Field Talk podcast, and be sure to tune into your local Linder Farm Network affiliate for the latest farm news and market information.